Good afternoon, Patriots, and today is Monday, January 30th in the year 2023. Before we get going, make sure you're focused on a home defense plan and that you are taking good care to keep your skills sharp. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Well, Patriots, it's another Monday, and with every Monday comes a little bit more crazy, which is what we all need. One of the things that's hot out here right now is this talking about Event 201. If you haven't been paying attention to that, apparently we have a new event planned for us and a way to get us into lockdown that'll tie us into probably some sort of cyber attack, some new version of the pandemic, which will be the old pandemic because of the injections that are now covering for the people that are dropping dead because they gave them a toxic bioweapon. And probably with all that, some sort of eco disaster, because apparently, if you didn't hear, heart problems are caused by the stresses of climate change. I didn't know that. It's an entirely new thing. But I do have a probably a pretty good perspective on about where the mentality of this whole thing is. Tell me you um tell me you failed eighth grade biology without well, you know how it goes. If forty percent of Americans remain unvaccinated two or three years from now, the odds that there will be a strain that is the killer strain that does meaningful damage to those people, I think is basically a hundred percent. And that right there is how I know that that man failed eighth grade biology. There's never been a virus on the face of the planet that mutated into something worse than it started as. Unless touched by man. That's what we learned in eighth grade biology. Oh, we sure did. But when you're listening to these Luciferians, everything is inverted. So probably what you're hearing in that statement or in truth is, 60% of the public that is vaccinated is looking at being exterminated by the major big one, which has already been put in them. I hate to say it, but I, this isn't about some new strain. This is about what they already did. And as sick as this sounds, we are dealing with a designed culling of the earth and a designed depopulation event. So when you don't have politicians speaking out against this injection and absolutely going crazy about stopping the injection, Ask yourself why. Simple question, because right now they all know what's coming on. And, you know, we've talked about this for three years now. And it's still stunning to me how many people accept the mainstream narratives. This war can't end. I mean, we can't stop talking about the injection until we start to get people understanding that this thing has been designed to destroy people. And destroy people they are doing very, very well. And, of course, when you're in California right now, or if you're in California, they're making sure that they can reinforce that stupidity with their new measure, 2098. California, Assembly Bill number 2098 
uh, chapter 938 that has been signed into law concerning doctors uh, and information they give to patients, in part says, it shall constitute unprofessional conduct for a physician and surgeon to disseminate misinformation or disinformation related to COVID-19, including false or misleading information regarding the nature and risk of the virus, its prevention and treatment, and the development, safety, and effectiveness of COVID-19 viruses. So if you give information that is at variance with the CDC's current uh, position, right, which is always changing. then you are subject to losing your license mm-hmm. to practice medicine. Yeah. So a doctor is being told you can't tell your patients what your professional opinion is if it varies with the government's right. position. And that, to me, is dangerous. You bet it is, Dr. Phil. That was Dr. Phil there. You didn't figure that one out. Dr. Phil telling us it is dangerous when the government tries to tell doctors how to operate. Huh. <laughs> Amazing. I'm, I'm impressed. That's the, that's the great awakening at work right there. Thank you, Dr. Phil, for those words of encouragement. Patriots, we do have an incre- incredible time of government overreach. And we're in a time as well where they're starting to justify these things in people's minds. That it's appropriate to have overreach. It's appropriate to protect the public. This is the whole process we're in. And it's one you have to be very alert to. We're being set up in a big way right now. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight in our show. And it really is a dangerous time because people are worn down. They're looking for quick fixes. You're going to see the economy collapse soon. That's coming. And with that, you're going to see a slide in of the great solution, which is another word for the great awakening. And so many people are worn down. They are going to accept the ticket, which is a one-way ride to hell as far as I'm concerned. Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today humbled and blessed that we're each able each day to assemble in this fellowship that reaches and spans the globe. Father, in this time that we are in, we are very aware of the ongoing war of the mind and war to take control of our thoughts and the way that we perceive the world. This is done through a constant and incessant attack with narratives that constantly shave the edge of truth, flip truths on its head, and keep people so off base and so confused that it wears them down in their spirit, it wears them down in their body, it wears them down in their overall life to where ultimately people seek to just get reprieve. And rather than turning to you, Father, sadly, because there's such a protection around a wall, a hedge put around people to keep them away from you, rather than turning to you, They turn to the government. We're the government. We're here to help. Famous words that ultimately lead to the destruction of people, their families, their livelihoods, and the imprisonment of a nation. Father, today we begin our prayer with prayer for mercy. Mercy for a nation that is still lost in so many ways, wandering and not knowing where to turn. A nation that has a good heart for the most part, that's being misled by a handful of evil doers maniacal psychopaths that have worked very hard at being social overachievers in their diabolical ways. We pray for their tongues to be tied, their words to be sealed, and the inability for them to reach any more people with their destructive means, their fear, their manipulation, their deception. For those that are tapped and wrapped into this 
entire place of wondering where we're going to go, of fearful of what the next step is. We, we levy prayers today for their hearts to awaken them to the strength, the power, the glory, the beauty of Jesus, our Savior. Father, these are, this is a time when so many people have never had an experience with you. They don't even know what an intimate experience is with you or with Christ. That's sadly the, the bankruptcy, the moral bankruptcy of our nation in such an amazing way that we literally have to reconsider the way that we walk and what we're doing. Our pulpits have not accomplished the task. And so, Father, here we are, and here we say these words with all that will repeat them. Here I am, Father, send me. This is a time when we need those without a name to be able to rise, those without any sort of special letters behind their name or degrees, but have the passion for kingdom, the passion for you, the love of Jesus in their heart to be able to rise and make a difference in this world. So, Father, we ask for your blessing on each one that's driven, inspired, that's seeking a path ahead, each one that's looking to you for guidance of what to do next, each person that may for a moment, though they have a love for you, not know which direction to go or even have a hesitation or doubt of what they're doing is the right thing. We pray for that powerful blessing to touch that heart, to inspire them, to give them encouragement, to give them energy to move forward, to understand that this army is an army of many, not an army of one. And while we walk within the body of Christ, the beauty and the magnificence of all of that is the uniqueness that we each bring into this world, all centered on a singular point, the love and joy and embracing of the body of Christ. So, Father, as we walk under this banner of Christ as warriors in this time, we pray for the strength of this, of this remnant to be able to continue to raise up the many voices in this nation. And it is raising. It is rising. And we, we, we are blessed with that. But there's still so many that need to be touched, so many that need to be awakened, so many that the scales need to be taken from their eyes. And in this period of time, this year, where there seems to be a, an increasing urgency to not only prepare, but to prepare thy heart, let us have the opportunity set before us to continue with that path of that healing and that restoration within us, that we may be able to stand more mightily in, in the face of this evil, that we may be a brighter light for those seeking a way forward, that we won't be deceived or led astray by the words of slick politicians and the empty promises of great new futures without details, but rather that we can keep our eyes on kingdom, keep our eyes on you, live in the moment, put trust in you for the future steps, truly to walk by faith, not by sight. And as we do, to be re-empowered of the true sense of who we are, mighty men and women of God. Father, you have blessed us with dominion on this world to be able to step on snakes and scorpions, to be able to do greater works than he. And these are amazing blessings if we will embrace them for fully what they are. It takes us to be humble. It takes us to be honest. It takes us to repent our sins before you. And so may each person take that upon themselves to seek that path, the humble warrior, the nobleness of repenting before you, and that reclaiming of strength that happens when we do that, the mightiness of being able to once again stand near the throne. Father, in this evil knows that as we connect with you, as we awaken to who our true nature is, as we begin to walk truly as your children on this world, this evil knows 
that it cannot defeat that and no weapon it forges can succeed. So let us take that same initiative to appreciate that power. Let us realize truly that evil does fear us. We should not fear it. Let us cast aside fear in any means. Let us cast aside our anxieties. Let us anchor truly in your trust, in your way, in your love. May that be part of the prayer that settles into people's hearts, the blessing that each person can realize that we are truly to fear not. There is nothing to fear in this moment. And in spite of all the chaos, the anxiety, the turnings of things, there's a straight path forward. It's the path of truth. It's the path of love. It's the path of you, Father. So for all those standing within your light, may we be re-energized and repowered. For all of those seeking a, a solution, may they be drawn to the light of Christ. For all those still living in the darkness, may we be that energy, that moment, that place that shakes them from the darkness to lift their eyes and be able to direct their eyes to where it needs to be, our Savior, Jesus, and in so doing, free the many from the enslavement of the father of lies. Guide us and protect us, Father, in this mission and this quest. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Such an important time that we have and such an important role that we have. There, are, there is no sense, there is no purpose greater than to bring people to Jesus as we must. And there's no greater purpose than to help wake those that are still wandering, many of them in fear. And remember, so many don't even have never had the opportunity to have an intimate relationship with Christ or Father God. We have that ability to bridge that gap and to bring them in. And that is what is so amazing. Here's a perspective on violence and the decay of our society. The where he ends it, we can all answer that question. But it's a good analysis of what's going on right now. The human capacity for violence is not limited to what we do as a profession. These five police officers in Memphis are a very clear example of that. Was that police brutality? Obviously, and one of the most clear and grotesque examples we've ever seen. What we saw is indicative of a much larger problem, which is abuse of power, but even more so, it's indicative of a culture in decline. Whether you choose to believe it or not, our nation is in decline. Our culture is in decline. Our education, our film, our music, our architecture, art in all of its forms is in decline. The very language we speak. We went from a nation that wrote the Declaration of Independence to a nation of LOLs and IDGAFs. We are a nation that used to hold some things sacred to a nation where nothing is sacred and nothing is special. So it would be unwise to think that law enforcement is somehow immune to the same cultural decay that the rest of our society is facing. And when we demonize a whole profession while at the same time calling for more rigorous qualifications, we end up in a dilemma. The pool of talent becomes much more shallow. So a shitty society ends up with shitty cops. People get on their high horses and act shocked when this happens. Similar to what we saw in Memphis, we will probably continue to see abuses of power of that nature. And true to American form, we look for the quickest solution and the easiest way out. Maybe we should throw more money at it, or maybe the government can pass some laws to make this all go away. That's not how it works. Everybody wants change, but nobody wants to change. Take education, for example. Baltimore, New Orleans, Detroit, Chicago, all spend the most per capita per student on education. But year after year, education continues to decline. Same with gun laws. Every city with the strictest gun laws has the highest crime rates. That's because you can't legislate America back to a place of morality and decency. That starts at the ground level. So when I see something like this, obviously it makes me very upset. And the more our society decays, the more people will look to the federal government to try to prevent it from happening, to try to make up the difference of a society in decay. 
I guess my real question is, why is our society in decay to begin with? And we know that because it's stepped away from its deep and intimate relationship in Jesus. Our society is sliding in decay because we're in a moral decay. And the only way we're going to get back to fixing anything is that we must focus on the moral reset of our nation. This is, this is the true power of our walk in faith and the walk with Father God. And I think truly at the core of our purpose in this time, and that's a bold statement because there's many things going on, but a nation that simply fixes the mechanical structures of what makes it work in a nation that was originally created with God on the throne and its, and its people underneath that and its government subordinate to the wills of the people, if we can't reset the moral foundation of this nation and put our eyes back on God, we could fight all day long. We, can, we could literally win the war. Even if it was a blood war, we would win the war and we would lose in the end because we didn't accomplish the fundamental thing, which was to reset the morality and the moral ethics of this nation, which center itself on a biblical rock with our acceptance of Christ as our Savior and our eyes on Father God. We literally have a a fight ahead of us that is going to require everything that the sword of the Spirit can levy. In some other news, if you're considering buying a Tesla, I would highly recommend you not, not just because I think the green agenda is bunk, but here's some information about Tesla's is coming out and I'll tell you, people are getting involved in this. It's a no win. So a friend of mine works at Tesla and he's pretty high up. And I was mentioning to him, like I was looking at getting a Tesla car or electric car. And he said, no, stay away, stay clear. Apparently, according to him, every year, the battery life reduces by 10%. So say you take out after three or four years, your battery, whatever the range is, is going to be 40% less. The environmental part of it, each battery takes 10,000 gallons of water to make. And he said the AA, 30% of last year's AA roadside breakdowns were Tesla cars. So I'm staying well clear of Tesla cars, petrol head, diesel head. Oh yeah, I'll take that one any day. Petrol head, diesel head. The electric car issue is a scam. And to look at that and realize that like one of the latest icons of the conservative movement is Elon Musk. You have to ask very seriously what that's all about. He's funded primarily, he's made his wealth to a large degree through Department of Defense contracts. So we as taxpayers of this nation or the taxpayers of the nation have literally funded his billionaire status. And he's created an enterprise, which is electric cars, which in themselves have been problematic, have high value going up front, horrible resale value, but trap people into a debt cycle that ultimately will leave them poorer than than they were when they started. And the Tesla is all a feel issue, feel good issue. Because when you look at the pollution and output of of an electric car, right now, if you go to, for example, uh, Shanghai, where they're using electrics heavily, the pollution levels have skyrocketed. Why? Because in order to make the electricity, they're using fossil fuels. This is the big joke of the whole thing. 
And if you want to say, well, we're going to get green energy, then you're going to have to go to how they produce the actual solar panels. And that is the, one of the most toxic industries out there. That doesn't even account for the lithium mines. And it doesn't account for the 10,000 gallons of water per battery it takes to produce it. This is insane. We are literally destroying the earth with a new technologies that are, it's a, it's a broken technology, but we're destroying the earth for the benefit of a few. And one of those beneficiaries is Elon Musk. So keep that in mind as you run into people that are all wrapped around the worship of Musk. This technology is, is going to be short-lived in a relative respect, one way or the other. It either is going to be that they can't make enough batteries because there's currently not enough lithium on the face of the earth to make batteries for everybody, or the technology will itself burn out, and in the process we have damaged lives with the finances and we have damaged the environment, which in some cases is not repairable, especially when we get into mining. This is the crazy world in which we live. On a more positive note, health, bread. This is a great little piece on eating healthy bread. I'm big on sourdough, by the way. If you aren't, you should be. And it's also, it also helps process a lot of the, the wheat gluten as you work with sourdough. But this is a great perspective on what makes healthy bread. Why is it that we feel bloated eating bread in the U.S. but feel perfectly fine when we eat bread in Europe? This is because the type of grains and fermentation process used when baking bread affect the bread's levels of gluten, glycemic load, digestibility, and flavor. I'm Julie, an explorer who travels the world in search of inspiring ways to eat, heal, and connect. This is Saint Boulangerie, home of the crispiest, most buttery, and most easily digestible croissant in all of Paris. Baker and founder Anthony Corte believes the best bread requires the best flour, and his breads are made using only pre-industrial varieties of grains from before 1950. These grains are not only more easily digestible, but have less gluten and a lower glycemic index. In addition, Anthony applies a long fermentation process using a sourdough he developed to unlock the true flavor of his grains. I eat a croissant in Paris for breakfast every morning and feel amazing, full, and energized for hours. If I did this in the States, it would catch up with me and make me feel overweight, bloated, and tired. This croissant is proof that healthy food isn't just about what we eat, but what ingredients were used and exactly how those ingredients were prepared. We might have to start like a Bard's Cooking Travel Channel or something. Keep this up. That's like the best thing ever in the afternoon. Talk about hot, buttered Oh, man, hot buttered sourdough bread right out of the oven. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what, make a great sandwich with that, too. Oh, my goodness. And I've made plenty of sourdough. You can't beat it. It's the best ever. So just let me just leave you with that. If you are if you were a person who's, like, on a fast right now or if you're doing a smoothie diet or something, yeah, whatever. Here's a good image. A luscious piece of hot sourdough bread out of the oven with a big buttery smear of Irish butter. Oh, there you go. And then put a little bit of honey on that. Mm-mm. Okay, there you go. That's it. Enjoy. All right, Patriots. Hey, hope you have a blessed day. I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. We're going to be talking a lot about this insane world that we're in. And it's a big one. We got a lot of stuff to go over, especially the idea of the brave new world. Oh, my goodness. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this place, in this time, for just such a time as this. 
we are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, 
we climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.